Mental health check-in with Lee. Come on and check-in with me. Mental health check-in with Lee. Come on and check-in with me. Mental health check-in with Lee. Come on and check-in with me. Come on and check-in with me. Mental health check-in with Lee. Welcome, welcome, welcome to another episode of Mental Health Check-In with Talik. Today, I have a special guest, my buddy Chris. How are you doing today, my friend? I'm doing well, Leek. How are you? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. I'm um, <laughs> feeling great. My mental health is good. I'm glad that you said yes. Glad you're able to come on here and just talk all things mental health. It's a pleasure. You know, this is a very important topic that's very near and dear to my heart um just as i know it is for you so yeah very happy i think this is this is great to talk about it's great to to model um you know the change we want to see in society so it's good for us to to lead the way in that so i'm happy to be on this i love what you're doing with this platform thank you thank you so let's get into this podcast episode i'm going to ask you this question that's all my guests when they come on here and i'm going to ask you this question um how is your mental health you know, I'd say my, my, my mental health is pretty good, pretty good. Um, I've started doing some things that I've really enjoyed with making music and that I've really enjoyed that, that whole aspect. Um, so that's, that, you know, that's, it's kind of opened up a whole new world for me for this whole of creative outlet, this creative, this creative, creative expression, you know, so I, I'd say as a result, a result of that, it's really, you know, it's kind of changing, changing my world. Um, for the good. So I say pretty good. I say, you know, I say, I say, but on balance, right. I'm learning how to manage. This is the first time in my life that I've really had this really deep passion um, as far as what I'm doing work-wise. So I'm learning how to balance that with everything else. Right. I never was a workaholic in my life. You know, I never, I, I you know, cause I wasn't that passionate about, you know, it was good, but it wasn't something that was passionate about. Now I've discovered this, this whole new thing. So I'm learning how to manage that and not, you know, not lose sight and lose track of all the other things that matter. So I say that's one thing I'm I'm working with, working through. But I say on balance, you know, I'm doing really well. Thank you, thank you. I like to ask that question because I feel like um, that question is um, needed to be asked more because you know I could be talking to Chris and I'm like, hey, how you yeah. doing? He could be like, I'm okay. But you know, when you ask somebody how's their mental health, you know, it gives room to open up and say, hey, I'm okay, but my mental health is not okay. So um, yes. For answering that question, you know, so honestly, thank you so much. Of course, I, I, I'd love that question. It's a great thing to ask is just as we know that there's so many people that, you know, we're really good at as people at you know, coping and, and just powering through and even putting on a, a happy face because our jobs require them, our families require, they require us to kind of just soldier on. Yeah. But you see so many people that are struggling and suffering, you know, that, you know, so many stories you hear about of people that were really struggling, they had no idea because, you know, because they everything looked looked okay. So I think that question really cuts through it and gives people the opportunity to really speak up and be, and be transparent. Yes, thank you so much. Um, my next question for you is growing up, was it okay not to be okay for you? You know, I'd say no. I'd say it wasn't okay to not be okay. I think, I think this is, you know, just a generational thing, a societal thing. And I think one of the, the behaviors that I learned through then, you know, through my environment was to just always, you know, hey, if anything's bad, someone else has it worse. 
right? Always, always like someone could have a worse. So you're fine. You're okay. And not really face problems head on, not really talk about real problems, including mental health, right? That wasn't even really a consideration. Yeah. So I think, yeah, I think that, you know, kind of had learned experience, learned behavior of you don't really face problems. You kind of avoid them. You skip over them. You focus on the good. See, which means you don't really, you don't really address the bad. And in the long run, that, that, that really messed me up and eventually came out, you know, 30 some years later. So no, I'd say it was not, it was not okay for me to not be okay. Yeah. I like to ask that as a follow-up because everybody, you know, grows up differently and it's always nice to hear, you know, different answers to that question. There's no perfect answer or no right answer to that question, but it's always good to hear, you know, different, you know, backgrounds and how people grew up and, you know, thanks again for answering that one. Of course. Um, my next question for you, right? There's a stigma surrounding mental health, right? But there's a stigma surrounding men's mental health. What mm -hmm. do you say to that stigma that says, you know, men can't be weak, you know, we can't be depressed, we can't cry, we got to man up, we got to get over it. Like, what do you say to that stigma that's out there about men's mental health? Uh, I think about that the same way we used to think about as a culture and society, that women can't work outside the home, that women can't do this, that women, there's all these these flawed ways of thinking, um, these kind of limits we set based on just mindset, which are, which are no longer true, right? Which we've evolved as a, as a society and realized it was a bunch of nonsense. It was just, it was just, you know, an old way of thinking. So I think it's, it's a, it's completely false. I think it's something that desperate, you know, drastically needs to change to improve health outcomes for not only for men, but also for families, for communities, because as long as that perpetuates, there's going to be issues where, where men are looking for other coping mechanisms, such as drugs, alcohol, you know, gambling, all kinds of you know, other ways of coping because they're not really dealing with real issues. So I think it's, 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 a, it's a dangerous and really harmful um, way of thinking. And I think we, we can and will do better. It's just continuing to, to change the, the mindset, you know, through conversations like these. And I think doing that, will allow men to really speak up, ask for help, speak up, deal with the issues they're facing, right? And, and, and have better outcomes. So I, I think it's, it's an old way of thinking that it's really important for us to, to help change. I understand why it's there, right? But I think we're, we're learning more and, and we're seeing the value of that. Yes, um, thank you. I think stigma it like sucks that you know, people are, men, especially men, they are suffering silence, you know, the suicide rate in men is like up, you know, it's bad that men feel like they can't have no one to speak to or talk to. They just feel like they could just have to suffer in silence and everything. So like, um, I feel like we're getting, you know, somewhat better with the stigma, but you know, it's so much more work to do. So much more work to do. Yeah, I agree. We've got, we've got a long ways to go. You know, the, absolutely. Yeah. Definitely do. And before we get to my next question, um, I was going to say anybody out there that's struggling with any um, suicidal thoughts or just any suicide ideation, there is a suicide prevention number out there. The number is 988. It is an easy number to dial 988. If you are struggling, you can call You can call them if you are bored, sad, or depressed. Um, they are there for you 365 days. Um, please, if you know someone that's struggling, or if you're struggling, please reach out to the Suicide Prevention Crisis Lifeline. Um, I'll answer your question, but I'll answer it first so I can 
make you feel comfortable if you want to answer it. Have you ever dealt with any thoughts of suicide, suicide ideation, or if you if not, have you dealt with any deep dark depression? So um I'm gonna um say that, you know, as a child, I was sexually abused. Everybody knows my story. I was a child, I was sexually abused by two of my male cousins, and I didn't start dealing with it until like I was 26, 27, and I'm like 32, going on 33 now. So um when I start that trauma start coming back in my life. I was like so depressed, depressed. I was suicidal. I wanted to die. Um, the correct term is die by suicide. So we make sure we say that right, guys. Um, I just didn't want to live. Then, you know, 2019 lost my mom to liver cancer. Then nine months later, lost my sister. So, you know, that came again with suicidal thoughts. And I just want to say everybody there, I know it's cliche to say, but there is a light at the end of the tunnel. If you keep fighting, get yourself into community or just get around somebody that's going to love on you no matter what. And there's, you got to remember people, not everybody's going to understand mental health problems. Not everybody's going to understand it. They may not support it. You know, they might leave you because you're too depressed, but just keep fighting and let you, and know that there is hope. There is hope. There is light at the end of the tunnel. And, um, I do this podcast, you know, I do what I do in life and I am okay now. I'm better, you know, with um, therapy that I was in, you know, microdosing. I'm not, I'm not recommending that to nobody, but I, you know, microdose that helps me with my mental health. Um, but um, yeah, have you, um, you can answer the question now. Sorry. <laughs> no, it's okay. Well, first of all, Lee, I've heard a little bit, but I'm really sorry about what you went through if for both, both personally through the abuse as well as through your mom. I, my, my mom also passed unexpectedly from a heart attack um uh just 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 about two years ago right around this time mother's day so I'm, I'm sorry you went through those things and on on the flip side i'm proud of you and grateful for you for being an advocate for taking the things that you face and turning them into something positive to reach out to other people i know it doesn't make the pain go away but it allows you to put us have purpose for that so i'm really proud of you for doing that so i just wanted to, to acknowledge that first um the yeah, as far as my, you know, my, my yeah, absolutely. Both those things, 100%. When I was, so it's 2016, when I had these, you know, I had all these different things through my life. So I was, 2016, I was about, uh, I was what, about 33? Mm-hmm. Yeah, about 30, yeah, 33 years old. And, you know, I had a, a lifetime of different things that happened. My mom had bipolar disorder um, and we, you know, it was, it was untreated. And just, you know, went through a lot of things as, as we all do through life. Yeah. And I had years of, of kind of un, what we'll call unprocessed trauma, you know, and, and you kind of, you kind of led to kind of one of the, some of the reasons why that occurred just based on my environment and how I cope with things. There really wasn't this outlet for it. The closest thing I had was, was my girlfriend, who is now my wife. Um, you know, we met in ninth grade and talked about things, but so I carried around years and years of what I thought. I always thought I had this Teflon desktop. Like all these things in life experience, these bullets just kept popping off of me, like drop it, drop it. They never punctured. What I didn't realize was all my life, they actually did hit me and they were shrapnel. They were lodged all in my body. They were just, I was, you know, I'm all shot up, didn't realize it. And when I was 33, just, it, you know, it hit the fan, um, had this, you know, something that came out and eventually bothered me and I kind of just lost it. Um, and I think all these things finally led up. And yeah, led to, for the first time in my life, I had, I just was crying all the time, you know, struggling to do everything. Just, you know, it's real worse than anything I've ever felt in my life. 
you know, I saw my mom experience depression and, and, and mania, but I never experienced it myself, at least not that I knew of. And so I, yeah, I had made, I was eventually took a while. Um, but I eventually did go to, to see counselors as well as get medical care, see psychiatrists. And, you know, I was diagnosed. I had major depressive disorder. And I also was having suicide, yeah, suicidal thoughts and ideation. And first time in my life, I had those things. It's, you know, I was thinking about it often, even though I was married, have two, you know, two kids. Um, but it was all driven by I wanted to eliminate the pain. Like I, I felt in constant emotional, emotional, psychological, you know, torture. Yeah. And I thought, you know, I thought, okay, well, suicide. And I thought about ways I would do it. Like, I was like, if I do this, I'll stop hurting. Because the only time it didn't hurt was when I slept. And so I, so I thought if I can just end this, it won't hurt anymore. And I won't hurt, you know, hurt any other people. So I'm grateful. I thank God I didn't, didn't get to that point. I did make it through with support from the, those different, you know, professionals to help me and my family, but yeah, it was re really tough. And, and uh, you know, I'd say, you know, it took a while to kind of recover and get th and heal through those different factors. But like all things, you know, when you get through the other side, like you said, you, you, there is light at the end of the tunnel. Um, yeah. I say the most beautiful thing that I experienced through this process is, you know, while my, while my mom was still alive, I was for the first time in my life, really able to empathize and understand her and her struggle with depression. Like it was the first time I ever really got, like I was able to say to her mom, I understand, like I get it. Yeah. So that was probably the most beautiful thing through that process, but it's hard. So anyone who's listening, you know, if you're, if you're facing definitely, you know, get, get, get help, get care. Um, I, I also, you know, I host a podcast called Triumph Over Trauma. Yes. People share stories of overcoming adversity so we can learn from one another. And, and the biggest thing is that I'll say is just like you said, like, no matter the biggest thing I've learned is no matter what we face as people, right, we can get through it, right? Things can get better. No matter how dark, how bad, you know, how painful they are, that's, that's a moment, right? That's, that's one snippet in your life. You can power through that and get through that, right? Uh, but a lot of times, a big part of that step you know, process to heal cover is kind of just speaking up and just, you know, letting someone know or letting people know and getting help for yourself. Oh, that's so good. Um, it's crazy. That's your podcast name. Bob, I have a book that I released. Um, it's a short book that I've told my story. It's called from trauma to triumph, which is. Oh, holy. We're we got the same, same, same way, same wavelength. I love it. I love it. Crazy, right. Let's go. <laughs> I love the name. Um, oh, it's beautiful. Beautiful. I'm so glad you wrote that. Yeah, thank you. Um, but anybody out there that's struggling, any thoughts of suicide or deep dark depression, please dial 988. Um, there are support groups out there that's free. Um, I was working for volunteering for NAMI Bus County, but I took a step back. But they are awesome. NAMI is a mental health organization. They have free online support groups. Every city and state has different chapters, but I particularly worked for NAMI Bus County. They, it's free. You know, everybody loves something free. So make sure you guys get into any type of group, a church group, a friend group, something, talk to somebody. Please, please, please. Um, my next question for you is, um, what are some good coping skills you could recommend to someone that's struggling with their mental health? And before he answers, before Chris answers, mm -hmm. his coping skills, my coping skills may not work for nobody, but, you know, we yeah. like to cope with skills because it may work for somebody. Yeah, that's true. That's true. It's just, you know, it's just like recipes, right? We all like different foods, different, different favorite meals. So it's just, it depends. So what, what works for me 
I'd say the biggest thing I've learned, right, as far as mental health struggles, the biggest thing, the most important thing that I found most, the, the super, the cheat code on all this is just speaking up, is just talking. It doesn't mean you have to go to a counselor every for every single thing that happens, although I do recommend if you're able to through your employee, if you, know, if, if you have an, empl an employee assistance program, if you have access to, to some kind of resources for counseling or therapist, it doesn't just have to be when you're sick, just like you don't, you don't just have to go to the doctor right? When you're, when you're sick, you can also use it to optimize, to focus on the wellness and the well-being. So I, and I do that today. I continue to see a counselor because I find it powerful, find it helpful to kind of maintain, right? And kind of keep, you know, it's, it's, it's proactive. So I've, I have found personally that, and that's what I do, it's talking, in my case, it's talking to a counselor, talking to someone, you know, regularly. So I meet like once, a, it was once a week at one point, now it's once every two weeks. But having an outlet to speak to someone, there's something about just, you know, when you get things outside of your head, right? It's always much worse when it stays in there. If you, there's something bothering you and you just spit it out, it's literally a physical release. You think, think about it as like some kind of almost like virus, right? There's some kind of virus in you. You're trying to get it out of your system. So when you're, when you speak up, not only is it just psychologically healthy, but it's, it feels like physically, I'm sure there's some studies on this too. I'm, I'm, I'm no doctor on it, but you, you're, you're, you're elite, right? Doctor. Um, doctor, doctor, nothing. You can spit it out though. It feels good. It feels good. It's like, there's a, you, you relieve yourself of that burden. And there's, and there's a saying that goes a problem shared is a problem halved, right? Halved isn't cut in half. So just by speaking up to someone that you trust, you count, right? You, you can depend on you trust, um, people, we have an innate desire to help and serve others. So it's just like, if someone's around you, and they said something they were having a hard time with. Even if you don't don't have the answer, if you if you care about them, you're gonna lock in. You're gonna listen. You're gonna like, man, just try to hear it. If you can do anything, you're gonna try to do it. So I just say speak up is the biggest coping. I mean, there's other things I do too, just to maintain, right? Overall, kind of mental well. Like I I love to to play basketball and work out. And I know that all those they say that exercising releases all of the. I think there's four different happy, um, you know, like kind of happy chemicals. Yeah. You know, dopamine's one of them. And, serotonin i forgot the other ones um but there's you know it's exercising releases all of those happy chemicals so i feel it makes me feel good right um my sleep schedule is not so great um okay. i know that that's that <laughs> i know that's important so i'm not even going to claim that's one of them but you know i'd say that those would be the two main ones speaking up and then exercise is overall good helps me it helps me to feel better about myself and, and, and improve my overall well-being yes thank you for that thank you um, You're welcome. The last question for you is, um, what can you, so you see someone that's struggling, right, with their mental health. What can you say to them to convince them why it's important that they put their mental health first? You know, sometimes we don't put our mental health first. We want to be there for others. But can you tell somebody that's listening why it is the most important thing to put your mental health first? It's the, it's the old... Um analogy of, of being on an airplane what, what do they tell you if you're sitting on an airplane and and, you're, and there's trouble what do they say about the oxygen masks who's whose mask should you put on first Yo. if you're sitting there with someone right this should be yours right because i yeah. Really like that okay <laughs> yeah yeah no you're right you're right yours right because if i go around putting everyone else's mask on what's gonna happen to me damn that's a good analogy <laughs> i'm going down yeah. I'm, you're going down that's a good analogy <laughs> <laughs> it's you know you're you're gonna lose your air right it's mm -hmm. like it's like the whole thing about the like there's a the, what is i guess the, the story about the golden goose right there's the people that kept 
they kept wanting more and more eggs from the golden goose and they were just, you know, depleting its energy, right? If you don't take care of the golden goose, it can't produce any more eggs. It can't produce any in the long term. If you don't take care of yourself and, and, and maintain your own health and well-being, you're not going to be able to help these other people, right? You're, I mean, literally, you can, if, you, if you really want to help other people, think about it that way. In the long term, if you don't take care of yourself and take, you know, take care of your well-being, you're not going to be able to continue to help others because you're going to run out. Right. It's like if there's a video game, right? You run out of whatever those those uh, life HP, you know, health power, whatever. Right. You got to take care of you. Keep your HP up high so you can help others. Like if you're in a video game, so my kids are like Fortnite. Right. If you're, <laughs> if you're always helping other people out. Right. You're you're going to you're going to get knocked or whatever they call it. So you got to take You know, it's you know, I know and I know we we like to Right. We're we're caring people. We're unselfish people. We like to just because of that desire to help other people. We like to help other people first. But you've got to be selfish, right? You've got there's a reason there's a reason why we're egotistical and kind of think about ourselves first in a lot in a lot of ways or in different ways. It's because it's, we need to do that to survive. Like it's a survival thing. You've got to take care of you. If you don't take care of you, you're not going to be able to serve others and help others in the long run. And they want you around. They need you. They need you to be right, performing as high as you can, as healthy as you can, so that you can give them more. So think about that way. The better you take care of you, the better. And more people you can help. Boom, a word. <laughs> that was good. And I want to say behind it, you know, put yourself first. Nobody's going to put your mental health first. Like you're going to put yourself first. You cannot be there for others while you're not okay. That's not cool. I've been in a predicament where I tried to do it, and then I was left empty, and nobody was filling my cup. So you got to make sure. You are there for yourself. Your mental health comes first. You matter. You belong in this world. And I just want to say thank you for saying yes to come on a podcast and have this conversation with mental health. But like, um, I want to end it off like, actually, do you got anything you want to promote? You want to promote like your podcast, what you got coming up? Yeah, I uh, appreciate it. Like, again, thank you for having me on. Thank you for lead, for being a leader in this area. Right, This is this is needed. This is important. This matters. Just like you said, each you matter, whoever you, whoever you are, who's listening, you matter. It's always yeah. easy to think about other people, but you know, think about your needs, right? You have value. You're an important person. So I, I value you leak. I value this podcast. I value what you're doing to help people. Thank you. Yeah. I, I, I mentioned it. You know, I have, I have a podcast as well, triumph over trauma and it's on all platforms. And, you know, every, everyday people share stories of overcoming adversity. So there's video versions on Spotify uh, but it's also on other um, channels as well. And you'll see a little logo of a, of a Phoenix, right? The bird um, rising from the ashes. So that's that. And then, and also just another creative outlook that I've come into um, recently is, is music. So I'm not, I'm making music. So if you look up my name, it's Chris G E R E Chris gear uh, on all the platforms from where you get, wherever you get your music, Spotify, Apple music, um, YouTube, et cetera. And you know, I'm using that as a, that's be, become another coping mechanism for me. I actually forgot to mention. Um, and it's just and it's an out and the way to, to express myself. Um, my first two songs are just real feel good music, trying to help people feel good. So I'd say check those out. And also, I'd encourage you, you know, if you have something creative that you can or like to do, that is a wonderful, wonderful coping mechanism. I found music to be one of those things. So, yeah, those those are two of the big things I can mention kind of for, for things that are coming up and promotions. Yeah. Thank you so much again. For saying yes, my brother. Thank you so much. And I really, really appreciate you for, you know, having this conversation. You know, a lot of men are, you know, suffering. They don't want to have this conversation, but I thank you for having this conversation.
Hey, likewise, likewise. I'm grateful. Yep. And uh, yeah, encourage you as a, as a listener, same thing, look for ways to speak up and continue to model this behavior and Lee, we can help, we can help be a part of this change, right? It doesn't yep. have to take place in some big, massive, you know, motion picture movie. It starts with everyday conversations, everyday conversations like this. Yes. Thank you again, Chris. Thank you. All right. Thanks, Lee.